You're listening to Permission to Shine, the podcast. Stories of overcoming obstacles and finding self-empowerment with Sharice Bisram, Inner Power Activation Leader. The Oxford Dictionary describes permission as the action of officially allowing someone to do a particular thing, consent, authorization. What if you were that someone and you gave yourself the permission to be everything you wanted to be and more? No more playing small and accepting less than. You are worthy of the life of your dreams, regardless of what it is that you've been through. And honestly, it's exactly what you've been through that has shaped you into the version of yourself that you are now. Like a diamond, you've endured so much, but instead of breaking, you've become stronger and brighter. And if that's not a reason to shine, then I don't know what is. And if nature can do it, then why the hell can't you? You are brave, you are strong, you are powerful and you are enough. Hear my call and give yourself the permission to shine because you don't realise how many people are inspired by your light. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 42. I'm so excited to have with you this beautiful lady who is full of so much energy and light and wisdom and I'm so excited to welcome Jessie into the podcast today. Thank you for coming and joining me. Oh, thank you so much for having me and for your beautiful intro. I'm blessed to be here. Good. Oh, you're so welcome. And please let the audience know your full title, what it is you do and who you are. Oh, of course. So um, I am a breathwork expert and well-being consultant. So I work with people to understand how they can use their breath to completely transform their lives. It's something that's helped me many years ago we can probably get into it in the podcast but it has transformed my life so I'm so passionate about helping others help to heal and unlock their greatest potential by using their breath yes absolutely and I my real pivotal moment of my healing journey was doing a breath work class and that just unlocked all of my childhood trauma I cried for like a full hour and a half for the session and then I came out of it and everything, all the tension in my body that I'd held on to for my whole life was gone. So wow. I literally am a massive advocate for breath work. And obviously being a dancer, having a background of being a dancer, I, I've i always kind of used um, movement in a mindful sense as well. So, you know, like mm -hmm. always been aware of how I use my breath for control and, you know, how it supports me in certain spaces. So, and I'm massive on meditation as well. So for me, breath work is such a key thing that we're only just starting to talk about. And funny enough, I fumbled into it. It was literally in my healing journey. And this is the thing about the universe, isn't it? As we were speaking about earlier, it's like, there's no mistakes. I, I, was, I was doing my healing journey and a friend of mine was collaborating with someone that did breath work and it was just yeah. like a free day thing. And um, yeah, I didn't realize when I joined the breath work session that was an inner child healing breath work session. So I was like, wow, okay. And luckily it was on Zoom because as I said to you, I, I sobbed the whole way through, like fully mm. like, ah, ah. and like everything inside of me because it, it's hard, isn't it? Breath work, it can be really invigorating some like, parts of it. I'm and so I pleased that you say that, yeah sorry yeah, yeah no absolutely and I, I remember I think it was um you're breathing out for seven in for four something like that or and then it was getting more and more and more so you're breathing out longer than you're breathing in so I was like a bit out of breath like through it and she was saying like on zoom it's harder to manage your your space so if you ever get to a point where you can't do it any longer you have to stop and she obviously gave us all the disclaimers but I was like 
in that toxic masculine way. I was like, no, I'm going to complete it fully. My body was vibrating. My hands mm. went cold, like everything, all of the things that they said would happen fully happened. Like I, I literally had like an out of body experience and like all the memories were flooding back. Energy was like floating around the room. I felt like I was in a kaleidoscope of like energy. So yeah, I just thought I'd add that in at the start so people can see how powerful this is. And they're not just thinking, oh, what's this? You know, I want people to know that this is really incredible, incredible work. But please tell us about you. Like, tell us about your journey. Uh, you can go on and go in as much detail as possible, but kind of how this came around. Um, yeah, and a bit a bit about you, because obviously, you know, for me, I'm really passionate about the people behind what they do, not just obviously what you do. Mm, thank you and thank you for sharing your experience because it is really powerful and everyone has their own experience but I love what you said there about the kaleidoscope of energy I'm mm. gonna like I'm gonna pinch that that was great yeah, cool. <laughs> because it yeah. is and um what you said about it being hard like to breathe in a particular way I often say you know that's why it's called breath work mm. some people think breathing it's just gentle and relaxing and yes it can be but when you get into it there is real deep healing that's happening. Mm. So my journey, yeah, I haven't always done this. I actually used to work in corporate. So I used to be a HR recruitment executive. I'd work in finance and legal. So dealing with, you know, a lot of lawyers and um, would work out in Australia and in the UK and loved what I did to an extent. When my last role started to get bigger and bigger and the pressure was really on and I wasn't getting the support I needed I started to really feel the impact of that and was feeling the negative effects of that pressure you know I wasn't looking after myself my health was suffering my mental health was suffering so I decided to leave and take some time out I'm like what am I going to do do I just want to take another corporate job or do I just need to have a reset and I felt like I needed to be away somewhere. So at this point I was living back in London and I was like, Brazil was calling me like in my heart. I don't know if you've ever had that where a place is calling you. So I applied for just a project to work on for about six weeks out in Brazil. And actually funny enough, they offered me the spot in India and I was like, no, 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 I want to go to Brazil. And so they gave me the spot in Brazil. And when I was out there working on this project, it was, um, working with social enterprise um, and entrepreneurs in the favela communities and supporting them with their businesses. And what it helped me to do is really connect with people in a different way. And in that connect with myself and start to live life again. Like Rio has the most beautiful backdrop. You've got the ocean, you've got the mountains, you've got this beautiful vibrancy from the people. And I realized how disconnected I'd become from myself and from reality and life. And so I decided instead of just going back into a corporate job, I'm going to retrain as a coach because parts of my job had been coaching anyway. I love working with people. I love supporting people and helping them achieve what they want to. So as part of my journey in training, I started to connect with coaches in my community to find out more about what it's all about. And I was connected with a breathing coach, like a lady who had just certified as a, as a breathing coach. And I was like, huh, wait a minute. You, you're teaching people how to breathe. Like, what is this? Like, I'm already breathing. What is this all about? Um, and she's like, I'm running my first class. Come along to this class. And so we did. 
and I missed the whole introduction. So, you know, you're talking about you got disclaimers and instructions and everything. I missed all of that. So I rocked up to this conscious connected breathing session and we went into it and it was, there was loads going on. We were breathing through an open mouth and it was a bigger breath and a softer inhale. And then we were using sound, we were using movement. There was loads of things going on. And I just went with it and I was like, whoa, just surrender, just try it, just give it a go. And at the end of the session, I connected with this deep sense of peace and stillness that I hadn't felt in so long, if at all. And I was like, whoa, I can feel like this from breathing. Tell me more. And so this lady was running workshops and I kept going to her classes and working with her. And every time I breathed in this way, I would start to have emotional releases. And I was like, sometimes I didn't know why I was crying. Sometimes I connected it to, to an event or something and it was like a release. And I was like, this is making me feel so good just for breathing. And then there was a six day seminar that she was organizing and they call it a personal seminar, but it's like the first week of the training program. And I had no intention of being a facilitator in training. I was just like, tell me more about this breath work that makes me feel so amazing. How can I do it for myself? I just want to know everything. And I go along and in this seminar, you're doing two full breathing sessions a day, as well as all the meditation, all the fun bits in between. And so you're having lots of breakthroughs. But for me, it was, I remember it clearly, it was my fourth day of the seminar. And we'd had a water breathing session in the morning, which is to help clear um, any traumas you may have had around childbirth, which is a whole nother episode we could do. It's fascinating. Um, and in the afternoon session, during my breath work, I had the biggest emotional release I've ever had. Like you said, you were sobbing. I was literally sobbing. My body was shaking. It was just, I couldn't control it. It was such a big release. And I knew it was from my childhood trauma. So when I was 16, um, we lost my father in a, in a tragic accident. We actually had a fire in the house and lost everything at that time. So life-changing moment. And at that time, you take the steps necessary to deal with it and you take counseling, therapies, deal with it on a very cognitive level, right? So you try to start to accept it, move on life. This is what's happened. I had no idea I'd stored away deep in my body. Like there's a saying, I, I, I repeat, it's your issues are in your tissues. And I had no idea that we'd stored it away on a cellular level. For 20 years, I was carrying this around. And when this released, Oh my goodness, like at the end of the session as well, I could only describe it as feeling like myself again and feeling like not just a weight had been lifted, not feeling just clear in my head, but like I was so grounded in my body. I knew who I was. It felt like, like almost like a veil had been lifted, like I've been carrying something for so long. And I knew in that moment, that's when I have to share this. And my first thought was I have to share it with my family family like my mom and my brother and sisters they have to know how to do this so that's when I decided I have to train as a facilitator because I thought this there's something amazing in this um and it's just transformed my life more and more every like every time I breathe but through that that just was my opening and what led me to then train in Brazil and Mexico and the US and the UK I've traveled all the world 
um, training and I'm now based back in London sharing this full time. And I am so blessed every day that I got to experience that. And I agree that what you said is that you weren't looking for breath work. I think it finds you almost when you're ready. Because I think breath work's been around for forever, right? And if I'd found it when I was a teenager, maybe I wouldn't have connected it with it in the same way. I had to go through certain experiences and um, yeah, find it when I was ready, when it would actually, when I'd connect with it and allow the openings. Oh my gosh, Jesse, that was such a beautiful story and so much value and imagery that you were creating there. So wonderful. And, and I'm so glad that you got the chance to go to Brazil because it's beautiful, isn't it? Just mm. absolutely stunning. I, I went to Brazil uh, Rio Carnival in 2018 and we actually stayed in the favela at some point so I know exactly I would have been there about. oh really oh my gosh that's crazy <laughs> and we did the um yeah we went to the carnival and did all the things amazing isn't it just an amazing experience and I think um that's so much of like what you were saying in terms of you know living you were just existing, weren't you? And mm. almost like when you got to Brazil, like the vibrancy of the colour is always like the smells, it's like waking you up to, yeah. to life, right? And I think yeah. what there's no other place to be to, to feel fully invigorated than Brazil because it's literally so immersive, isn't it? You know, which is incredible. And, you know, everything you were saying there, and I'm just, I, you know, I'm so sorry to hear about the experience that you had growing up, but I can resonate fully with you in that space. You know, like for me, my dad was an alcoholic, but when he passed away it, it was a shock we didn't mm. we wasn't expecting that to happen he went into hospital with a water infection and then he didn't come out so I I know the same feeling that you had there it's that confusion isn't it and and for you it's worse because it was it, there was no build-up to that there was no kind of decline or anything that you got to see so it's it's it is pure abandonment that that situation and I think mm is that saying isn't it the body keeps the score so it doesn't matter how much you kind of try to like you said cognitively release it physically the body stores it and I had exactly the same experience with the breath work thing where you go in and you you have the experience and and then in that moment I didn't realize how much tension I've been holding my whole life like I I, I literally was like mind blown at how I'd always been holding a knot in my stomach and I didn't realize I didn't have to hold that anymore. And then when I came out of it and I felt light, I was confused. I was like, what the hell has happened to me? Because I don't, I felt so light. And it, that continued. And I suffered with IBS my whole life, realized, not realizing that was trauma related. Mm. And then when I did the breath work thing, it just went it was wow. it just stopped. And and now I'm trying to heal the debris left in my body because of that because obviously like we said it, it manifests itself physically so emotionally I'd I'd made out to heal that disconnect or that connection between um you know the trauma to the gut I, mm. I healed that emotionally but physically now this is the part I'm clearing out and working through um actually tangibly but I think it's just yeah crazy isn't it and like you said like it finds you and I love that you did the course I love that you went into that and it's just this is the thing about finding purpose I think we speak about quite a lot isn't it it's that yeah. we I think people think that purpose is external and it's extrinsic but it's really not it's so internal and and mm -hmm. intrinsic to who you are and you know you just followed a hunch of something you enjoyed to do something that bring you joy and you followed it and kept 
pursuing it and deepening your understanding and knowing of that to the point where you embodied it and you embody it now and I think um that's such a beautiful thing for people to hear and understand that you don't have to know what the next steps are you just follow the joy and I think that's really it isn't it you know and that's what you've done in this space which is so beautiful yes thank you for highlighting that because it is and it takes a level of trust and courage mm. to be able to do that because we are almost programmed from a young age to have a plan and have mm. our next steps and this is what you should be doing and this is what you have to do and it's like knowing if that feels good for you or not because if it feels good amazing if it doesn't listen to the signs pay attention because I was almost forced to do that Charisse I was mm. forced to because I got to the point that my body was suffering you know I was drinking too much I had unhealthy habits it was uh, impacting my sleep it was impacting my relationships I was forced to make a change mm. um, whereas I had had the sense or the feeling for many many years that I should be doing something else mm. when I was working out in Australia I went out there straight after university less than a year after uni and started working in recruitment and you get a sponsorship visa which allows you to work in that field and I knew early on, I was like, oh, I want to do something else. I don't think this is right for me. I loved it. I was good at it. But I was like, there's something else I want to be doing. But if I changed, I'd have to leave the country because of my visa or something else. So I just stayed and carried on and continued. And it got to the point I was like, well, this is what I do now. Even mm. though there was like, oh, but I could try this. Oh, but I could try this. And I wouldn't listen. I'd shut that down. And what I think back to now is like, I wish I'd explored different things, even as a hobby, as yeah. a creative outlet. So at least I was feeding that kind of desire because Absolutely. that's who you are. Mm -hmm. That's who you are. So when you talk about, you know, following your purpose and the, the joy, if it's something that you can't do full time, if you can't make it something that you earn money from, then still do it in some capacity. Absolutely. Hobby, you know, incorporate into your life mm. somehow. Like I look at you, Cherise, and your dancing is just unbelievable. Like it inspires me because that's also oh, something I want to do. And I'm like, I'm obsessed with that. I want to come and do that. It's because you are just the embodiment of that joy, you know, when you're doing it. And that filters out and reflects in every aspect of your life. So it's, mm. you know, a perfect example of how like your joy is what you should be doing. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And it's exactly that. I think um that's a really lovely thank you to to highlight that. And I think that for me, in all areas of my life, it's always been that. You know, there's mm. always been a burning desire for more or for something. And I've always followed that hunch. So with the dance stuff, dance is still a really important part of my life. And I'm not going to change that and take that away from myself mm. because I still love that. I love seeing people light up when they're in the room with me and watching them grow in confidence all of those things are beautiful to me and that that just that watching people grow and transform was really this inspiration to open up the mentoring side of what I do now because that's all really again intrinsic to who I've always been I've always been the person to give advice and support I've been through so much in my life that it just made sense for me to actually start funneling into that and working on that and growing in that space and you know doing the educate myself in that area and all of the things and I think yeah I guess it, I really am the embodiment of that living in purpose because 
I'm always listening to what I need and want, but mm-hmm. society makes us feel different and otherwise. And I completely understand why when you were younger, you did keep following what you thought was right to do by society because I had so much backlash from not doing that. And it was very difficult to live my life um, without hearing every single day, oh, you can't do make that a career or, or what are you going to do there or constant questions yeah. and setbacks. Whereas I'm sure that you never got questioned, oh, you work in recruitment. Are you going to do that forever? I'm sure no one said that to you. Do you know what I mean? Whereas but as a dancer, that was all I got asked all the time. I was like, well, what are you going to do next? What's happening then? I'm like, you don't go to an accountant and say, oh, what are you going to do after this thing? Do you know what I mean? It's like there was so many setbacks I had because of it so I understand why people don't pursue anything else because it is hard but like you said it can be a hobby it can be something you do in your pastime it can be a side hustle it doesn't have to be everything right away and or ever I know lots of people that just you know have a passion for something and just do it in their spare time and then when they retire they do it all the time and that's still a beautiful way to live life isn't it I think if you're um career path is a vehicle to you being able to then travel more or do the things you like and enjoy that's also a really lovely outcome isn't it but um I feel like you've mentioned this in little kind of drips and drabs and I'd love to dive into this a little bit more um a question that I always ask my guests is um what's an obstacle that you've had to constantly overcome like even now when you're doing the breath work and you're healing through things like what is something that keeps coming up for you that you have to keep working through mm, so for me there's always been an underlying something around self-worth mm. and well if I do that who's going to want to who needs that who's going to want to work with me who needs like why should mm. I but someone else is already doing it why should I do it and even though I know in my mind like my conscious mind Come on, Jess, of course, there's space for everybody. Everything I teach is there. But like underlying, it's like something I'm constantly working on and I'm aware of. And I have to then go into that self-love practice. Like I have self-love practices. It's something I consciously, actively work on all the time. Um, And it's something I like to share because sometimes people look at you as a coach or doing the nature of your work, thinking you've got it all together, you know, you're Mm. perfect and all this. And I'm like, thank you. I have got certain things together, but I've worked hard at that. But it's a continuous work in progress, you know, and that's what we call the embodiment of it. Right. So Mm. for me, it is that almost that doubt, like, should I be doing this or um you know what are people going to think and if someone else is already doing it so I have to always just check in with myself and I get support as well from others that's why community is important Absolutely. getting support is important because we we're meant to do things together we're not meant to exist on our own and live Absolutely. solo lives right so um I have to constantly remind myself that yes I am here for a reason and mm-hmm. no one else can do what I do and I do use the example that you know there can be a thousand of us doing exactly the same thing but each one of us will do it in a completely different way 100 percent that and your energy is unique as well right so you're going yeah. to attract in who connects with you absolutely yeah. that yeah. and i think the fact that um this is becoming a wave and a really important practice that is becoming more popular it's just another way to help the world you know so that's what mm-hmm. i think for the work you're doing i'm like I will sing it from the rooftops about breath work. Like when I started telling people that's what really transformed my healing journey, they're like, what is that? And I'm like, 
honestly just go just google it find the class near you go and see what happens because it is that wave of transformation and you know i speak about this quite a lot but i do believe that the energy we're in right now collectively is that we're all ready for this shift and you know we are leading that shift in through being the embodiment of what we're doing and and practicing and and that is what's going to change the world and change the dynamics from patriarchy to to a new way you know so i think yes. it's all just so important and beautiful in everything that you're doing and there was something else that you said and i've got, it's gone now because i was just off on a rant there but <laughs> that was so perfect but that exactly that i was thinking about this in, in the name of your podcast permission to shine right if you are able to stand in your light mm. then you are giving others permission to do the same right absolutely yeah. that is your power you mm. are so unique you are so individual there's literally no one else in this earth like you exactly so you can that. stand and own every part of you and go this is me this is me, then, you know, it's going to give permission to everyone else to do the same. And that's what I always come back to. It's yeah. like, people need that, right? You need that. Mm. So yeah. That was a clever loop there. I love that, Jesse. Thank <laughs> you. Maybe I need to cut that segment and put it everywhere and be like, as spoken by Jesse. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's exactly it though, to a T. And I think I'm so glad that you've been able to identify when that comes up but what's really beautiful about the fact that we sometimes doubt ourselves is it keeps us humble mm -hmm. because I think sometimes there's a difference between being embodied and confident and empowered and being arrogant and mm -hmm. I think that you know a lot of people will say that when when they are not in that space of empowerment they'll look at you and say oh who do you think you are or look at you rah, rah, rah. that's jealousy don't get me wrong but if you take that power that you have that empowerment and you misuse it for not the right thing that is really being in your ego and um i guess using your your strength for, for bad right it's like a you become a villain right mm. and that can so easily happen when we let the ego lead so when yeah. we find this sense of confidence and we're like well i've got it now i'm here so of course people are going to love me of course i'm amazing because i can do this and now i'm going to manipulate everyone to do this that would be such a breach of what we're sent to do with our gifts so i think that that element of doubt comes in just to humble us to make us realize that actually I am incredible, wonderful. I, I do make the world a, a better place, but so does everyone else around me. And that's mm -hmm. a humility in it. And that's why we are so passionate about what we do. Because like we said, you know, knowing that we can give ourselves that confidence and inner power, we then can help others do the same. And that's when you become, you know, that, that higher version of yourself. Because that's why I think purpose all bleeds out into each other in a really beautiful way like you know like a drop in the ocean it's that kind of energy isn't it that the ocean is life like we we are all here existing in this ocean and like it, every single droplet is so integral to making the ocean what it is and I mm. think that without every single person in this ocean there would be drought and there'd be no oxygen and there'd be you know the world would demise because of it so this is how important we all are and why it is important for us to shine I don't know where the water analogy came from there but I love are. it powerful it's powerful we're in a Scorpio moon to, at the moment so that's probably why I'm feeling that way are um, you Scorpio no I'm I'm a Leo so I actually go really introspect when the Scorpio moon happens so I feel it and um, also I'm in PMS at the moment so um, well, on my period. So I feel like that um, 
really affects my emotional body. So I noticed that, you know, when you're talking about doubt, for me, I have this like, um, I guess I overthink. I go into like overthinking spirals and then mm. I, I have to like pull myself out of it because obviously what we know for sure is that the subconscious mind leads all the time, right? So then I find that when I'm triggered by something and or I'm in a hormonal spiral where I can't pull myself out because I don't know about you, but when I'm in hormone times, I can't do anything to pull me out of it. It has to run its course. So no matter what it's going through, I can move my body and feel a little bit better. But if that hormonal energy wants to stay there, I have to just let it ride its course. There's no yeah. no change in it. And I sit yeah. in it and I embrace it. But um, yeah, I feel like that, the subconscious patterning of being like, well, this is this or that's that. And it will just bring up little, little random things all the time that it wants me to just look at. Yeah. And then the grace in that for me is that it comes to the surface to be released. So yeah. I'm like, okay, lovely. I'm glad that's come up here so I can let that go. And even um, I've been speaking on anxiety recently as well a lot because I didn't realise that I was living in a constant state of anxiety. And that's mm -hmm. why um, I was in constant fight response, you know, like mm -hmm. in survival mode. So I lived like that for 28 years, not realising that that was anxiety I just thought that that was just who I was and that's why I had this sense of I need to get it done I need to do it I need to be successful and perfectionism and all of these things coming up and um again sitting on it recently and just being like it doesn't have to be that way because you know from doing the breathwork thing that transformed my life but you know sometimes it creeps up again a little bit now I would say I lived at like a 10 in terms of anxiety now it flares up to like a two and I'm like no not having that no we're not we're not going there and I have to just sit with it and be like what is what am I worried about and I, I did literally did a video today before we jumped on and for me anxiety is the worry of worry itself and and anxiety is the fear of fear itself so when we can look at it like that and take away it's whatever that's the source right it just wants you to be scared it wants you to be feared or, or whatever it is or worry but actually what are you worrying about and when you can pull it apart like that that's the power and I guess that really is essentially what both of us do in our own way right because you yeah. allow the emotions to come through you and release through your breath whereas I can combine that with um, the understanding and the deep knowing and I think that that's really like our powerful ways that we both do the same thing of just allowing these feelings emotions and thoughts to be released from our body because this is it right when, we're, when it's not in our body and our mind anymore it has no power because it's gone yeah yeah you've literally just said everything I agree 100% and what you said about taking away its power and that's mm. it with fear you're right you know, it's there, it's showing us something, it might be a trigger, it might be an old trauma, it might be an unconscious pattern, whatever it is. If you can look directly at that fear and work through it, then you are taking back your power, mm -hmm. right? And you said something else quite key is allowing, we have to allow it. Mm -hmm. Because what you say about not being aware that you had this level of anxiety, because it can be so subtle, the build up of it, Mm. that we don't realize it's happening and that's just the way that we are and I see it in breathing patterns because I can read breathing patterns to see where you're holding stuff in and it can have built up over years and years and years and sometimes it can be a, a beautiful powerful release where a huge chunk of it is is cleared 
or it's just a little at a time, a little mm. at a time, because it's got to feel safe for you to do that, to be able to release it and let it go. You've got to allow it. And that can be the hardest part mm. because whatever you've built up, whatever that is there that's in place, those strategies or anything, it's been there to protect you. You've put those things in place to protect you when you needed it. Absolutely. And it's like realizing, okay, I don't need that now. I can, I can put those barriers down. I can, Mm. you know, break down those walls and I don't need that now because I'm okay. I've got this, but that takes a certain amount of courage and you've got to be ready to feel right. Mm. You, you hit the nail on the head there. I I love the way you speak about this as well. Like I can see why you're so good at your job because you have a sense of safety about you, which is so lovely. And I guess that allowing for me, I would also call surrender. And um, that has been my biggest thing that I've learned, you know, this in my life, I think the surrender, the art of surrender, because I am, I mean, you're probably into this as well, but I've had a lot of um, like life regression and things like that. And I've always been a warrior. So a warrior, a fighter, a soldier, there's, there's been every, like pretty much the majority of the lives that I've lived. And, and it's been lots of lives that I've lived have been um, something to do with fighting. And this has been the, like one of the first lifetimes that I've not had to fight. And it's been I mean I did when I grew up but obviously I had to fight then so this was really I knew that I had to break a cycle and I just know I've known that since I was a child you know like that understanding that it ends with me and um that those shifts that I've had to do in my healing journey has been healing generational things and wounds and I think that's why surrender felt so scary for me because it's been something that's been so alien and sitting in it now there's a sense of like you said a sense of peace that you can't I can't put it into words because it's space and I think that that space is something that I never had you know everything was on top of me or um I was busying my space with lots of things and thoughts and emotions and and things I had to do whereas now there's like this air of stillness that just is just around me and it, I can't even explain that to people because that probably sounds crazy, but we all deserve that feeling because that is just yeah. like, I, I guess it's that sigh of relief, right? It's that, it's like, oh, there's space here and it's lovely. And what's hard now is to not allow the old pattern in to fill that space up. But I guess on that, what I would say to you is, I guess, was that when was your real pinnacle moment of giving yourself that permission to shine? Because I feel like you've mentioned key moments here, but what would you say was the real moment where you, I guess, was able to shine your brightest? Mm, good question. Good question. Um, and can I just say as well, what I was thinking when you were talking about that space that you're creating in the stillness, I feel like that's you just allowing yourself to be. Mm. right we don't allow ourselves just to be we don't mm. have to be doing and um, there's that saying you know we're human beings not human mm. doings right so it's Absolutely. okay to just be you don't have to be filling your time um but in answer to your question when did I first give myself permission to shine and I think for me it was actually during lockdown I would have to say because when I moved back to London after my breathwork training so I lived in, in Brazil for about a year 
I moved back to London and I was starting out my breathwork journey. So I moved back in with my mom and, you know, I was starting to see clients and build up my business. But for me, I look back and I didn't have that same kind of drive. I was just putting it out there. And this is like eight years ago now. And people were looking at me like breathwork, really? Is that for people that can't breathe or have like respiratory issues? So I was like, no, it's for everyone. You just got to try it. Um, but then when lockdown hit, when we, you know, were told that, you know, there's this virus we can't go out we're all staying home and the fear and the panic that was across the world I was like whoa okay I need to show up here in some aspect and actually for me thinking I've never thought about this actually and it's just coming up now as I'm as you're asking me but I did get COVID and it was just before we went into lockdown and so at this point we didn't know that much about it we just knew that there's this virus and people are um, being really impacted or you know it's attacking respiratory system it's dangerous and all of this fear was out there and I got COVID and I remember I got all of the symptoms and I got this fever and I was in bed and I was like oh my gosh I you know 40 degree fever what's going to happen I'm going to wake up in hospital on a ventilator I can't breathe and I was starting to to get into that mindset and then I had to check myself and say Jess this is essentially just, a, you know, variation of the flu. Your body can handle this. You just need to give it a chance. And I breathed and I did my breath work and I tried to regulate my nervous system as much as I could. I woke up in the morning, the fever was gone and I started to feel better. And I was like, my goodness, I've got these tools and this training and, you know, the ability to, to pull myself out of that. What about those people that don't? You know, they just need to know that they can do this. They can get through this. They can use their breath. And then I was like, I have to put myself out there. And so that's when I started to show up more. I did my first live videos. My goodness, I'm so, my, my lost access to my Facebook account back in April last year. So you, you won't be able to see these. But some of my first videos, I, was, I wasn't even looking at the camera. They were awful. But I just had to show up and share this. And then I created an online course. I did that before. I even knew what I was doing. I was like, right, you need access to this. If we can work online, you're going to come online. We're going to breathe. And that's when I started to put myself out there a bit more, because for me, it was like, how can I serve? How can I serve? I have something people need access to. I have been through this. It's helped me. I know it can help you. Come on in. Come on in. Here I am. And so that was the turning point for me. And that's when um, I managed to, yeah changed things around for me and I started thinking of what I was doing as actually my career and the business and then um yeah it's gone from strength to strength from there but I guess thank you for asking that question because it's given me an opportunity to reflect on that um and and look back say yes I guess that's when it was I love that so much and that's so powerful because yeah one obviously your lived experience is the richest thing that you can offer to anyone which is incredible and two like feel the fear and do it anyway right that that thing that you were just like oh, I don't like this I don't like being on live I don't like being on camera but I'm gonna do it because I know that someone needs it and I think that's really the driving force it should always be the driving force to why you push past imposter syndrome right it's like this thing that you have that your gift you know whether it be your knowledge in breathwork or whether it's your lived experience you just want to talk about all of that is so important and, and people yeah. need to hear it you know I can't tell you the amount of people that just randomly message me on social media to say 
I feel like you're talking to me. I really need mm. that today. Thank you for sharing. And I'm literally just talking my my story to the camera. And I think I'm sure when you would have done the breath work, the people would have been like, wow. And, it, you know, for me, when you talk about COVID with the breath work, it makes so much sense because obviously it's a respiratory um, attached respiratory system and yeah. you're strengthening that for people. So mm. you are literally physically tangibly releasing out the virus from their body for me that's like a no-brainer of why that makes so much sense and I wonder if um that made a difference to a lot of people as in people that did were breathing a lot people that were meditating a lot I would love to see those figures to like maybe yogury people compared to like average people that don't think about their breath how the difference was in terms of their um, how it affected them because I'm sure there was something about people that exercise regularly had COVID not as severe as people that didn't but yeah it's just interesting isn't it to, to pull that um, apart uh, I know that's my like sciencey brain that I'm like oh I need to know what what that is I'm gonna look at that but um yeah I, but it's I, also I, boosting your immune system as well that's it just breath work it will get it'll boost your immune system it releases stress in the body so it just creates a better environment in you yeah. so you're vibrating at a different frequency you're just feeling different so mm. it's just there's so many things there's so many layers to it yeah that it's just yeah it's fascinating and I, I think, think that key you just said the key that hit the nail on the head there is that the it's the stress relief and don't we know that the biggest cause of most diseases is stress even cancer is caused by stress so it's like if we can do these things and practices that help us relieve that stress from our body we could change our lives and our life's expectancy. You know, I, I've watched this program live to a hundred on Netflix and it was just talking about how people live and like the quality of life. And there's a real sense of like community connection, faith and quality of time, you know, like what, how they're spending their time. And I think we're such in a fast paced society and like deadline driven and all of these things that, yeah, if you can add in breath work into your life in some capacity, whether that's once a month, once a week, I think it will just it will change people's lives because for me I am um, I use meditation as a regular form of like regulation for me then that's morning and night so I have like a bookend of like mindfulness in my day and Beautiful. that's so important to me I cannot even if I've been out drinking with my friends I will try to meditate that evening now don't get me wrong it's bad but it's better to just be conscious in that moment before I go to sleep to, to allow my body to know that we are winding down now I can start unfolding yeah. and I have a better quality of sleep than I've ever had in my life and I will not sacrifice that now so I'm so rigid in my routines because I know what the alternative to, to that feels like and I, I would say that to everyone right yes. this is what's important I'm isn't literally it? smiling as you're talking because I can resonate with that deeply and I, I talk about this and I teach about this those daily practices it's like these are some of the best habits you could ever mm. form and I have worked hard at that but that is what keeps me going my daily routine mm. if I don't have that I don't feel I can give you an example when I stopped doing my daily routine it was for about two weeks this is a few years back now and um I noticed that I was getting a bit tense and things weren't working. I felt out of alignment. I was like, why do I feel overwhelmed? And I was like, I haven't done my morning practice for nearly two weeks. Mm. And I was like, so sometimes you don't notice how much it's supporting you till you stop doing it. Then mm. I was like, there's no way I'm not going to continue with that. And now it is just a way of life. And I love that you will do it in the evening and tell yourself, 
right we're winding down for bed this is it and do your whatever practice is is good for you because that's you and it's mm. perfect because you're connected to yourself Absolutely. you know what you're doing right mm. so beautiful I love no. that yeah no and I think well we always talk about this don't we as in like our our fear of people like sphere sorry of people is um that we all know how important that routine is you know to create mm. a routine for yourself and I think that's something that I prioritize with my clients quite early on is like you need to have a routine like for example yeah. I'll be up for at least an hour before I check my phone and I know so many people that pick their phone up start scrolling through social media mm. and that straight away is setting the tone for your day whereas for me turn my alarm off I listen to my affirmations um I've got like my meditation routine that I do I've got something I read in the morning like script thing that I've got for like my life plan and all of the things are just reiterating in my body and then I make my bed I stretch and then I'm ready to go I go downstairs I do my um drinks that I have in the morning and then you know prepare my breakfast and then that's when I'll pick my phone up so I have to always add an extra 30 minutes onto my morning so even if I'm going to be up to teach or to lead something I'll have to get up that extra bit early to to make sure I fit my routine in because when I don't do that again like we said we crumble right it's those strong foundations that lift us up to the highest heights and I think without a strong foundation you'll always crumble at some point so this is why we need that element of that don't we in our lives and I think you know as I said, adding breath work in or meditation or whatever it is that's going to feel good to you, if it's journaling, whatever it is, there needs to be something there, some just one thing you can add into your life. And I challenge anyone that's listening, like, what can you add that's one thing that would just change your life in a really positive way? And for me, I um, I record the affirmations myself in my own voice. And I think yes. that for me is just like a really nice little thing to do as soon as my alarm goes off, quickly whack that on, listen to it while I'm still in like, um, I can't remember, what is it Delta or Theta, Brainwave, whatever it is, one of the two. And I don't um, want to confirm. I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> well, I think there's like four, isn't there? Four stages. So if one of those vibrations yeah. we're in well, before we're fully awake, so it really gets the beat in my body. Mm. And even Neville Goddard, he says like the minute you wake up, set your intention for the day. Today's going to be a great day. That's all that's that could be literally what people do from now on. Um, but yeah, no, I kind of went off on a tangent there about one. No, but I I'm following you with that because I agree. And it's like find out what your non-negotiables are. Mm. It doesn't have to be the same as someone else. Absolutely. And I've I've when I was figuring out for myself, it's when I was in Brazil, I started to to implement a morning practice. And at one point it was like an hour and a half. And sometimes it included a beach swim. And I'm like, okay, I need to cut this down because I'm not gonna get anything done till lunchtime. So now I've got my practices that I know are my non-negotiables. Mm. And sometimes if I can do it for a bit longer, I will. Um, but I've got to have those every day. And yeah. I love that you record your own affirmations in your own voice. That is so powerful. Mm. Um, I've wanted to do that and I haven't yet. So that's that's amazing. And with the not checking your phone when you wake up, I'd love to ask you how you implemented that because I teach my clients this and they're like, oh, but what do I do? And it's really hard. How did you implement that for yourself? I I think I have a very strong willpower. I just think I've always had that. Um, so if I say I'm not going to do something, I'm, there's no budge in me. So I think that's also it. I do set a phone limit. So it's easy to do it in the nighttime because my apps all just switch off. So Mm -hmm. in the evening, I have a screen limit, but you can also do it in the morning. So if you know that you um, 
you would go to check your social straight away, have the phone, the screen limit off until when you're on the train or, you know, whatever. So say, for example, you get up at six and maybe have the screen time off until seven. So then you're awake, but you can't go into your apps unless you like, go mm. through the process of turning it off and all of the things. And can you be bothered that time in the morning to faff around with all that? Not really. You'd just be like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I can't do that. So it's almost like training the brain to not do it. And or I put my phone on the other side of the room. That's what I used to yeah. do when I was younger. Put it on the other side of the room. And then I have to physically get out of bed to turn the alarm off. Um, and then at that point, when you're standing up, are you going to stand there and scroll? No, probably not. You're going to just get get yourself out ready. Do you know what I mean? So um, it takes discipline. But I feel like I am a bit of a queen of discipline. I feel like it's quite mm. a, a natural thing for me to implement what I set. And I know that, I mean, for me, astrology plays a big part in that as well, because my moon's Capricorn. So that's all about structure and routine. So for me, it makes sense that mentally my brain works like that. Um, but equally, like a lot of what I'm learning now is because I've always been a high achiever, I would put a lot of weight on that to be like, it has to be like this. I have to do it like this. I have to get it right. So there is flexibility within that. But some things are non-negotiable. Like you said, the morning routine is non-negotiable. That has to be done every single day. But I used to put exercise on a pedestal. So I used to be thinking, I need to work out every day. I need to do this every day. That for me is now softened. I'm like, okay, what am I achieving by going to the gym today? Am I going to move my body to be mindful, my body to connect to my body and or have I had a blowout and I feel like I need to just work off that? That's cool. If I feel tired and exhausted in my body, that's a sign for me to question whether I need to go or not. And actually, yeah. I'm being more mindful with that. So and that comes with that level of discernment. And I literally spoke about this in January because I felt like it was so prevalent that um, discipline is showing up for yourself every single day. Mm -hmm. Discernment is asking yourself whether it's necessary or not. And I think you need both. That's the polarity, isn't it, in that space? Yeah, I love that. That's really powerful. And it's being kind to yourself, isn't mm, it? Understanding definitely. and being connected. And if you want to move every day, does it have to be the gym? You know, mm. I often say to clients, put on your favorite song and dance. Like oh, literally yeah. shake Speaking it out in language. the kitchen or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Just whatever feels good for you. Go for a walk. Yeah. You know? Just Absolutely. move your body in a way that is gentle and kind to yourself. So mm. I love that you do that. And yeah, I can see that you, you seem to be quite disciplined, which is great. But I've had to work at some of those things because I've, it doesn't come as naturally to me because I'm like, mm. oh, no, but I could do this. And it's like um, with the phone thing, I would start by just keeping it on silent. And then I haven't got to keeping it out of my room yet, but I don't check it as such. Um, and flight mode's a good one as well, putting yeah. on flight mode because then you can't get messages through. But I love that. Yeah. Mm. The morning routine or the daily routine, just find what works for you and let yeah. it flow. Also, as well, if I was in Rio every day for a year, I would want to go for a beach swim. Just saying. <laughs> that would be my setup for the day. <laughs> Honestly, I would live like two streets back from the beach. So we would go in the morning before it gets busy, before it gets too hot. Yeah, oh my gosh, like... so hot. That is the most burnt I've ever been in my life. And I'm brown. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I, I it, was, it was 40 degrees. We went up, we climbed the two brothers, came back down oh. again. Because it was so early, we didn't put sun cream on because it was like super, super early. Or I just put it on my arms. And then on the beach, I then put the sun cream on top. 
but mm-hmm. I should have put it on obviously before I left. So then I was burnt under the bra line and, oh. and on the top of the waistline where, you know, your bikini pants are. And that was that I had to get the nine hour flight home. And I was like, oh, Sharice, oh, I feel for you. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I, I've only burnt probably very few times in my life. And I felt like Brazil was one of the times I would accept because it was just an incredible experience. So <laughs> magic, yeah, very jealous. Magical place. Yeah. Mm, magical isn't it? Place. What someone once said to me once um, as an intuitive healer I was working with, she's like, Brazil is like the heart of the world. It's oh, like, really? if you look at it, it's like the heart of the world. It's just so that, yeah, you can, I don't know, the vibration there is just so much lighter and it's a higher vibration. I just feel mm. like everyone is so open, like mm. really open and expressive and there's a lot of love there. So, oh my yeah. Gosh, so funny you said that because in I don't know if you had this too this is like a really like different energy but I feel like it's funny because you just said that when we're at the the block hoves you know the the street parties yes everyone wants to just kiss each other <laughs> so they're literally coming up to you to say can I kiss you I'm like I don't even know you man like no like do you know what I mean but literally just yeah. people were just kissing each other this is obviously well before COVID as well and yeah. I just thought so it's funny you said it's the heart of the world because I'm like yes these people have got a lot of love to give because they literally want to kiss everyone very amorous yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, fair play to them for that, you know, but um, I was, I was very closed off at that time and I was like, please don't come near mm. me. I don't know who else you've been kissing. I don't want to be taking no bacteria here. Thanks. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's just funny, isn't it? But oh, it's been so lovely to talk to you, Jesse. And I feel like I could talk to you for hours. I feel like there's so much more we could cover. Likewise. Um, but we'll, we'll do, we'll do it another time for sure. And um, yeah, I guess really, how can people work with you? Mm-hmm. Give us a, give us all of your offerings. Yes. So um, I work with people one-to-one online and in person. So I'm based in Kingston in North London. No, no, North Kingston in South London. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get that right. Um, And I work with people online and in person. Like I said, I run group classes in Richmond once a month and I do ad hoc classes um, around London as well. I'm organizing retreats. So if you're looking to come on a five-day retreat you can jump on my website get registered for my newsletter you'll get the updates um and i also have an online membership so we breathe together once a week online through that and you get to come to workshops and i've got a program that we're working through on that as well so there's a number of ways that we can work together if you're a little bit curious just reach out we can have a chat um, and I've got loads of free stuff on YouTube and I've just launched a podcast as well. So you can check that out. And it is all about breath work. But Sharice, I'd love to have you on there at some point. Yes, as well. that would, we can continue this over there. That would Absolutely. be Absolutely. <laughs> yes, 100% that. And I urge everyone to go over and just check you out because, yeah, it's really amazing what you're doing. And I'll pop all the links in the show notes so then everyone can find you really easily. So that's good. So always to end the episode, I do a little soul to soul message. So it's just kind of either based off the conversation and or whatever comes up for you that you want to share right now. Like what's your soul? What's your soul's message? Mm, just trust yourself, my love. Start listening to what's in your heart and know that it's safe to follow your heart. Mm absolutely that well it's been an absolute pleasure to have you jesse and i feel sad to to end the episode because i feel like there's so much more we could talk about but we will continue this in another way for sure um yeah it's so amazing to hear what you're doing and to bring your energy and yeah obviously as well pop your podcast details in there as well because everyone can have a listen to your very soothing voice in that capacity as well (laughs) um but yeah thank you for joining me 
Thank you for having me. Lots of love, everyone.